You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Packers Nation. It's Tuesday, March the 8th, and Packers Total Access begins right now. Let's have some fun. Great energy, great effort. Hey, when Coach LaFleur says to bring the energy, bring the effort, that's exactly what we're going to do, and what a show we have lined up for you guys today. My name is Clayton Bailey. Welcome into Packers Total Access. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can also find Ryan Schlipp on Twitter at Pack underscore daddy. Guys, the news we've been waiting for, right? It's finally here. It's finally upon us. As news broke, I guess it was just a couple hours ago now. Um, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, right? You've heard those two things over and over and over all off-season long. Well, it's finally getting done. Ian Rappaport reported, and it's funny, we got a little bit of drama to come with this information, and I'm going to try to rattle through this as quick as possible right off the top. But Ian Rappaport said in a tweet, the Packers and MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers have agreed to terms on a four-year, $200 million deal that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history, sources say. He gets a whopping $153 million guaranteed, and his cap number goes down. A monstrous commitment by Green Bay for years to come. Now, immediately following that tweet, this is where it gets good. Pat McAfee tweets out three simple words. This is false. (laughs) Right? So then... Aaron Rodgers, this is what's interesting. You go, oh, well, who's telling the truth? Is it Ian? Is it Pat? We know Pat's got a good relationship with, a good friendship, you know, with, with Aaron Rodgers. Who's telling the truth here? Aaron Rodgers immediately liked both of Pat McAfee's tweets claiming that, quote, a cap-friendly deal is on the way. So, obviously, Ian is off on some of the numbers, and it's now being reported that the first two years of Aaron Rodgers' $200 million contract is going to be very cap-friendly. I think Ken Ingles on uh, on Twitter said it best. This is going to be a wild, wild structure to this contract. And I'm telling you, as a Packer fan, when you look at what Aaron could have gotten another city per trade, what have you, the fact that the first two years are going to be cap-friendly so they can maneuver and make things happen. We've got the best quarterback in the league, the reigning MVP under contract for four years on a cap-friendly deal, and we know whatever happens on the backside of that deal, either he's going to retire or that's going to be restructured when the time comes, or he'll be traded. Nonetheless, we've got him in his prime. This guy's still playing at an extremely high level, MVP level, and we've got him under contract. I am absolutely over the moon about how this has happened. And now what you're going to start to see happen is – other things trickle in. This was the domino that needed to fall first, right? And that's exactly what's uh, what's what's taking place. Is just a few minutes ago, breaking news came in that an NFL source said that 
wide receiver Devontae Adams has been told by the Packers that they are putting the franchise tag on him. It will become official at 3 p.m. Adams wants a long-term deal with the Packers. They're going to have to ha- they're going to have to pay him a lot. They have to get his 20.5 million dollar franchise tag number down. Now, I want to point out that immediately following that. Ken Ingles, who like we, I'm going to talk about a tweet that he put in place, and it's funny. A lot of these, a lot of these uh, things that are coming down the pike right now, this this breaking news goes hand in hand with the tweet that I'm going to share with you guys as we get into that information. But you need to follow this guy on Twitter. I'll give his Twitter handle here shortly, and actually have it on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. But he immediately responded and said, "The franchise tag for Devontae Adams will put the Packers down another 19.4 million on their salary cap." The 20.12 million tender will replace a minimum contract worth 705,000 on their top 51 contracts for off-season cap purposes. So, according to Ken Ingles, who is the guy I trust the most when it comes to the Packers cap situation, um, it's looking like that cap it's actually going to be 19.4 million dollars. So, guys, what have we said all along? Don't buy into the hoopla. Don't buy into the negative press. Don't buy into all these reports that Aaron Rodgers is on. You just read between the lines. Follow the people that we know Aaron trusts, right? The Pat McAfee's, people like that who have the inside information. And then also look at what the front office is saying and doing. The front office kind of stayed quiet. They've always said that they were in in Aaron Rodgers' corner. They've always said he's the greatest quarterback. He's very important. He's who you know who, who they need on the roster. All of these things. They go out and hire Tom Clements, just like we reported on this show. Aaron's had nothing but high praise. It's obvious that Aaron was behind that hiring. I love the hiring. Love Tom Clements when he was the quarterbacks coach here in Green Bay before. Um, things are really really starting to fall into place, and it is looking awesome. So. Once again, we've got Aaron Rodgers under contract for four years. We've got Devontae Adams, who's going to be on the franchise tag. And keep in mind, everybody that's saying, you notice I haven't talked about too much about Devontae Adams being traded, right? Because, yes, you can tag and trade, but the way you have to do it, you have to franchise tag him, and then you have to structure a deal. He has to have a contract. You can't just trade him on the franchise tag. You have to restructure a new deal and then trade him away. There's just too many moving pieces, too many moving parts there. So what I think is going to happen, is the franchise tag being placed on Devontae Adams. Now they can work on that long-term deal. And with Aaron being under contract for the next four years, it's just going to be another incentive for Devontae Adams to re-sign with the Packers. Now, as those two humongous dominoes have fell, let's look at the roster as a whole and how the rest of this offseason may play out. Okay, let's take a look. If you guys aren't following this guy I'm going to mention right here, please do yourself a favor. He covers Packers salary cap information, and he is unbelievable. Got a great following already. He doesn't need this plug, trust me. But it's at Ken Ingles, I think is how you said it, either Ingles or Ingalls. I'm going to spell it for you, at K-E-N-I-N-G-A-L-L-S. And this dude does a phenomenal job. He has pretty much laid out every scenario of what could possibly happen. Um, this this offseason with the Green Bay Packers. At one point, he was talking about what it might look like without Rodgers. Uh, you know, at one point, he's talking about what it would look like with Rodgers, without Adams. There's just a lot of scenarios. If you go find him on Twitter, you're going to get a ton of information. But he put this one tweet out and he pinned it, which makes me think this is uh, this one kind of sticks out more to him than than any of the other scenarios he laid out. And I'm going to just kind of ramble through it real quick. I'm going to rattle through it. Um, in a timely manner here, he said there's going to be eight ERFAs, right? They're going to tender Lazard, 
tag Devontae Adams with the franchise tag. You could restructure Amos, Lowry, and Mercedes Lewis. You could do a pay cut and restructure of Randall Cobb. At this point, I'm going, okay, all of that makes sense. I could see these scenarios falling into place. You extend Rodgers, which just now happened. You extend Preston Smith, which, lo and behold, after I read this, after it was pinned, reports are coming out that they're working on a deal with Preston Smith. You could extend Jair Alexander, which we all know is arguably the best cornerback in the league, at least a top five corner at the minimum. You want to lock him down. Cut Zadarius Smith. Now, we know that could be a trade, depending on how the salary cap penalties fall into place there with trades as opposed to just cutting outright. And cut Mason Crosby. The year would then start, the new league year, you're under the cap. Then you could restructure Alan Lazard. You could uh, your po you could post-June cut Billy Turner at tackle. So the post-June deadline, you're going to cut right tackle Billy Turner. Then you could sign Devontae Adams to a long-term deal because you can continue to negotiate. Draft nine players, sign 14 practice squad players. That gives you a 53-man roster with a full practice squad in-season fund of $8.3 million left. And you could take that $8.3 million and, and pick up a couple, like he said, two or three free agents after that point. I mean, that that sounds like music to my ears. I don't know how you guys feel. <clears throat> if we're going to move forward with Rodgers, which it seems like that's the most likely scenario, I love everything that Ken said in this tweet. So, um, again, go check him out on Twitter because he is a great, great, great follow. And, um, you know, a lot of people are sitting here with that information and saying, okay, well, what about Jordan Love? You wasted a first-round pick on him. Wasted a first-round pick on him. Okay. How do you know it was a wasted first-round pick out of one-and-a-half games of seeing him play? Like, this is what blows my mind. And I, I'm, not, I'm not here to bash people in their opinion. I try to understand the angle they come from. And to me, history really dictates the future. It, I, it, when I look at a scenario and go, okay, how could this play out? I'm going to go back in time and go, okay, what are, are, are some uh, very, very similar scenarios and how did they play out? Jordan Love has been in the league for two years. He was hindered one full year by COVID, right? He's played a game and a half. I personally didn't think he played horrible in Kansas City. I didn't. You could tell he was very, very limited to what he could do as far as the playbook. Understand, guys, that wasn't planned that Aaron was going to miss a game, right? It wasn't like they had all this time to prep. They had a little bit more time than, say, Aaron got hurt the day before the game or came down with COVID the day before the game. But this is what I want people to remember and somebody tweeted this out, and it really – I wish I could give credit to who it was. I can't remember who said it, but it really, really stood out to me. Rodgers' first year as a starter. Everybody likes to pretend that Aaron Rodgers was this slam-dunk Hall of Famer, even though 90% of the league passed up on him in the first round, right? There was rumors he had attitude problems. I remember him saying they didn't like the way he held the ball high. I remember him saying all these different things about Aaron Rodgers, right? And his first year as a starter, keep in mind – Jordan Love has not had a full year starting yet, right? Tell me if you think Jordan Love could match what Aaron Rodgers did his first year as a starter. His first year as a starter, the Packers only had six wins, guys. Six wins. And you may be sitting there going, I don't know if Jordan Love could win six games. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What year has Jordan Love been in the league now? Two? This was Aaron Rodgers' fourth year in the league and he only had six wins as a starter. I was in Green Bay for that first start, guys. 
I remember <clears throat> being in the atrium waiting during an autograph session. Um, I believe it was Robert Brooks and Antonio Freeman we were getting an opportunity to meet. And we're sitting there, and I'm watching the NFL Network on all the TVs there in the Packer Pro Shop at Lambeau Field. And everything is Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and how the Packers are making a huge mistake, moving on from him and on to Aaron Rodgers and blah, 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 blah. There wasn't a soul in sight that could honestly say Aaron Rodgers was going to be the player he was going to be, that he's going to turn out to be. Now, yes, you can go off measurables, but what measurables are you going off of when it comes to Jordan Love? I seen a stat the other day. I had no idea. They were talking about hand size for quarterbacks to combine. Whether you put value on that or not, I know that Aaron Rodgers has huge hands. I know that Brett Favre had huge hands. And those are things that if you go throw a football, you, you take a little kid's football, right, as a grown adult, and you throw that thing around, you could put that ball anywhere. You can put some extra mustard on it. You can put it in places you couldn't do a regular football because if your hands are limited, obviously the regular football and NFL regulation style, the Duke, is a lot larger. It's, it's going to be harder to grip, harder to control, right? Hand size does matter as a quarterback. Should it be the breaking point of whether someone gets drafted or they're going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback? Absolutely not. There's a whole ton of things that come into play. But if you got to choose, it would be larger hands. Lo and behold, I seen a tweet the other day that talked about every quarterback coming into the draft. I think every quarterback that was in the league last – no, that's what it was. Every quarterback in the league last year, Jordan Love had the largest hands of everyone, including Aaron Rodgers. And not that that's the secret or that's going to mean he's going to be a great quarterback, but I immediately thought, how have I never heard this? I'll tell you how I've never heard it. Because the the attitude around Jordan Love this entire time has just been, he's going to be a bust. They wasted a first-round pick on him, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I guess they wasted a first-round pick on Aaron Rodgers too because, like I said, we're only two years into the project, four years in. Aaron Rodgers only had six wins his fourth year in the league. Put up great numbers. Who knows? Maybe Jordan Love could put up those type of numbers his first year starting. We don't know. I say that because if you look at this scenario that I just laid out from Ken on, on Twitter, this is music to my ears. Rodgers stays, Adams stays. You get pretty much almost everyone back other than Zadarius Smith. You can make this work, right, and then fill the roster with draft picks um, as backup, you know, in backup roles. And then you've got two more years with Jordan Love, right? And I would say one year. You've got one more year of him in the system, then you make the decision. This is what we were saying last year when everybody was making it sound like the Packers were going to have to move on from Aaron Rodgers next year. You know, it's just Andrew Brandt, a former front office executive for the Green Bay Packers, said all year last year, this guy knows more football. He's forgot more football than I'll ever know. I promise you that. But he said all year last year, there's absolutely no way, and I am not exaggerating, 100% chance that Aaron Rodgers will not play for the Green Bay Packers in 2022. The last couple of days, you could see those tweets start to slowly lose steam. And here we are. I say all that because that was a really cool uh, scenario that he laid out, that Ken laid out on Twitter. And again, it leaves you with $8.3 million left for two or three free agents. You can spread that $8 million out real thin if you wanted to just add in some, maybe some bottom tier veteran presence that might bolster that special teams that we all got really, really sick over in the playoffs last year, right? So I just thought that was something that was would be worth covering um, as far as the Packers roster. I think it's, uh, it's going to be really, really exciting as we move forward here in the next week or so. And with that being said, I think it's a great time to take a quick break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And as we all expected, as the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams news hits, a ton of dominoes continue to fall. Um, this has been one heck of a news cycle. As for a Tuesday. Um, this is why the NFL is king, in my opinion. I mean, everything that happens year-round is in the limelight when it comes to the National Football League. I mean, we're talking about a random Tuesday, not not even at the, at the deadline or the beginning of free agency. This is just kind of a, you know, you've got, yeah, you've got the franchise tag deadline, but this is like peak offseason, right? This is like there shouldn't be a whole lot to talk about when, when it comes to the NFL. This is why they're king. I think that they're constantly evolving to the point where they can stay in the news all the time. And I, I'm here for it. I love it. I absolutely love it. But there has been a huge blockbuster trade, right? Where were we all? Uh, it was always rumored that Aaron was going to Denver, right? He was going to be a Bronco. He's going over there with Nathaniel Hackett. Lo and behold, he, he signs an extension with the Packers. He's got his number one target back in Devontae Adams. And then what does Denver do? Oh, they don't, you know, not much. They just go out and trade for Russell Wilson, right? <laughs> like, if you had told me, um, you know, yesterday, Russell Wilson's going to be a Denver Bronco by the end of tomorrow, 
I, I would have probably jumped on that bet like Calvin Ridley. Go ahead and yeah, hit the hit the drum there for me. Um, now seriously, like Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos, and uh, it's basically the trade details. I'm going to go through them real quick and kind of give you an idea of what it consists of. The early details. So some of this may be off, but early reports are saying that the Denver Broncos will receive Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. The Seattle Seahawks in return will receive two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, quarterback Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and star tight end Noah Fant. So really this is the perfect example of a good trade. When you look at a trade, it's easy to say that team got over on that one. In all honesty, when it comes to trades in the NFL, unless someone is completely disgruntled, both sides come away feeling like they won the trade. You know, that's the master of negotiating is, is getting what you want while, uh, you know, allowing the other side, the other party, the other person to pretty much believe they got what they want. That's the ideal trade scenario, and that's exactly what's happened here, man. You know, Seattle's got some pieces to work around. They've got a ton of draft picks now, two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth extra, and you get tied in Noah Fant. Drew Locke, you've got a quarterback you can plug in and see what you got there, but now you're in a position with draft capital, draft capital to get your franchise quarterback in the next draft, right? I don't think it'll be this draft, but they're kind of setting the stage for another rebuild, um, a rebuild without calling it a rebuild, more or less. So I think this is a good trade for both sides. Now Russell Wilson's going to be in Denver, right? He's going to be without tight end Noah Fant, which was one of the best targets there. But we'll see how it plays out. Russell Wilson, I think, is an elite quarterback. How about this, man? Two elite quarterbacks being in the news on the same day. It's just been a phenomenal day of news. So um, other information is coming in as we speak. I'm looking at the screen right now. I've got it on the on the big screen here on NFL Network, and it's now coming across saying that the Dallas Cowboys restructure the contracts of Dak Prescott and guard Zach Martin to create roughly $22 million in cap space. Now, um, what could they be gearing up to go for? Who knows? But that's that's exciting. That's breaking right off the wire. Um, just moments ago, Ian Rappaport also reported that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are tagging, franchise tagging Chris Godwin, so it's becoming official that they're going to tag wide receiver Chris Godwin. Um, another report from earlier today has now been confirmed by Ian Rappaport that the, the Los Angeles Chargers, you caught it, right? I almost said San Diego, right? <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers and star wide receiver Mike Williams are closing in on a huge new contract extension to beat the franchise tag deadline and keep him in L.A. for years to come. The deal is now being reported at three years, $60 million, with $40 million of it being guaranteed. Now let's compare that to Devontae Adams' situation. You're talking about $20 million per. What did we just talk about that Ken Ingles said was going to be the cap hit? Most likely less than $20 million. So you're getting Devontae Adams for a little less per year on a franchise tag with one year, right, than Mike Williams um, in Los Angeles. So I just another another example of a great, great move by the Green Bay Packers and just tagging Devontae Adams. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild day. I'm sure more news will continue to file in, but just wanted to cover those while they were hot off the press. And here's some other uh, information that, that I felt like was, was really important before we get into real combine talk.
Ian also reported that the Cowboys, the, the Dallas Cowboys, are likely, quote, likely to release Amari Cooper by the start of the new league, per, per league – league sources for the new league year. Apologize for that. Cooper is due $20 million in fully guaranteed money on the fifth day of the new league year, which would be March the 20th, right? So the new league year begins right around March 15th, and they're, uh, they're looking to cut him loose and free up $20 million in cap. So that's the type of stuff that comes out of the combine are those big stories, the players that might be cut. Now, it was kind of crazy because Amari Cooper, yeah, they're going to cut him, and that is a lot of money. I mean, $20 million, my goodness, that you could free up off the cap. They cut him. But then immediately, coming off an ACL tear, Michael Gallup, there's uh, rumors, speculation, whatever, reports coming in that the Cowboys are looking to re-sign Michael Gallup. And we all know if that ACL healed upright, he was going to be one of the top top-tier free agent uh, wide receivers this year. So it looks like maybe Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup might switch there. So with Amari Cooper becoming available, I don't see a scenario at all where Amari Cooper is on the Packers' radar. I really don't. Um, I think that uh, if we, if and when we do get Devontae back under contract, whether it's with franchise tag or an extended deal or both, um, I just don't see a scenario where Amari Cooper would be on their radar. Now, somebody's going to overpay for him. <clears throat> that's that's just going to happen. And I don't think Amari Cooper is a bad wide receiver. But these are the type of cuts that, that come out of the combine. So, um, yeah, with that being said, we're going to move on to combine talk now. And uh, I don't – I want to kind of give you my perspective, my opinion on the combine. I don't I don't sit around and watch prospects and go, yeah, that guy's a stall. Yeah, he's a slam dunk. That's the one. You guys need to watch. I, I'm telling you, you're going to look back and, and I told you this guy right here was the one to watch. I don't know enough about player evaluation to do that. At the same time, I don't understand the fans that bash people who really do enjoy doing that. It's all information. You have the opportunity to consume the information or not, right? I know Ryan's made jokes in the past about how people are like, it's too early to talk about the draft. There's this little thing, whether you're listening on Spotify or Podcast Republic or iTunes or whatever, there's a little thing, and it's kind of a weird shape, but it's like two arrows pointing to the right with a solid bar. You can hit that and skip right next to the, right to the next podcast. I don't understand why people are so anti doing certain things at certain times. If you don't like it, turn away. If I go to a restaurant and I don't like the food, guess what I do? I never come back. I'm not in there pounding the table like a Karen, right, trying to trying to get something free. Or I want you to know how upset I am. Move on. I appreciate any and all information at any point. More information is better than less, in my opinion. So when it comes to draft talk, I try to stay out of it because it's just not something that I feel like I'm giving an accurate assessment of, but I love listening to other people's opinion. But there are a few people that I do follow on Twitter and, and in the NFL world that, that I really have a lot of respect for, and I trust their opinion. And I'm going to tell you, one of them at the top of the list for me, you guys may disagree, Ryan may disagree, JJ may disagree, but one of my favorite is Greg Cosell of NFL Films. If you guys don't know who this is, he's worked at NFL Films for the last 175 years, what well, seems like, right? He's one of the uh, senior producers uh, for NFL Films, and he's on NFL Matchup, which, man, has ESPN done a piss-poor job of, of getting that show out and the quality in which it's filmed. They just don't do Greg Cosell justice with it. I know there's a ton of other NFL Live, NFL Total Access, all these NFL shows, but Greg Cosell is just this this fountain of information and a guy who's seen the game over multiple, multiple, multiple decades. It's my understanding, too. I believe he was the nephew 
of Greg Cosell, or uh, of the nephew of Howard Cosell, the old Monday Night Football announcer. Now, when people talk about Howard Cosell, if someone's over the age of 50, they either say, I love Howard Cosell, or they say, I can't stand the guy. It seems like there's never anything in between. But Greg is just a very humble guy, and he always sticks to the tape. He always says, I'm not here to talk about, you know, they'll try to bring it up. You know, they said this, this, and this. My that doesn't concern me. I'm going to tell you what I've seen on tape, okay? And the, uh, the player that he mentioned that stood out to me, he said hands down, the, he doesn't think it's a very strong quarterback class, but he says his pick of the litter as far as the best quarterback in this draft is Kenny Pickett. And that kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I've heard other people going, you know, different routes there. But when Greg Cosell speaks, I listen. Uh, so we need to really keep an eye on Kenny Pickett, in my opinion. I think he may be uh, the best quarterback in this draft, kind of uh, kind of starting to separate himself. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Now, something else we're going to get into here, and I'm really excited about this because you've, you've always got these combine grades. We've had, you know, there's a way. I, there's a book I'm going to tell you uh, to pick up. Um, it's called Take Your Eye Off the Ball, and it's by Pat Kerwin. It's an excellent football book. I'm telling you right now, if you're just looking to learn the sport of football and primarily the NFL, this is a guy who was an NFL executive for so many years. He still works with Sirius NFL Radio. Do yourself a favor and pick up that book. I think there's actually a companion audio on CD and also one that you can download digitally that you can listen to on the go. I listen to that once or twice a year. I really do. I absolutely love Pat Kerwin when I listened to Sirius NFL Radio back in the day. But uh, that's a great, great book that you're going to want to pick up. But he always talked about explosion, right, players' explosion grade. And he had a, a formula that they used to determine an explosion grade. It was something like bench press with, uh, with an agility drill along with uh, um, a broad jump, and that gave a specific explosion grade. But um, there's a guy I want you to follow on Twitter who, who does a great job of, uh, of covering RAS leaders when it comes to the combine, right? And what that means is that's your relative athletic score. And I, everything in the league is relative to me, right? Like it's you, – you can look at a player and go, he's the best to ever do it. Okay, how does he stack up against this player? That's what's really going to determine the value. And i got to credit Ryan – uh, Ryan Schlipp with Packernet Podcast for kind of turning me on to the, uh, the RAS scores because it, I had never really heard about RAS. I had heard about explosion and studied that a little bit. And then when I look at the RAS and how they kind of combine past teams, there is no one better at this, in my opinion, than a guy on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at MathBomb, and I believe it's at capital M-A-T-H, capital B-O-M-B. This guy does a phenomenal job. He's actually created a website where you can go in and look at those relative athletic scores. And what I love about it is you can sort it by this year's draft, who had the highest RAS. Keep in mind, it's comparing them. It's apples to apples, basically. So you're going to get multiple positions ranked right there together. That way you can kind of see, okay, as far as the combine numbers, and how they actually performed at the combine. Not saying that's the tell-all, end-all, but it's a great metric to look at and go, okay, this player is better than this player as far as athletic skills. I think that's really, really cool. I do. And you can go back in time. You can use the filter on that website, and you can kind of determine, all right, um, you know, what players did – uh, scored high as far as RAS last year and how did they turn out and I think that's how you can really really start to narrow down who you think 
might be uh, potential great prospects in this year's NFL draft because it's like I said, it's coming like a freight train, guys. But I'm going to get into that now. I'm going to talk about the RAS leaders. I'm not going to bore you with a whole lot of information. Um, I'm just going to kind of rattle the names off and their positions so you can know, okay, these guys stand out. You might want to grab a pen and pad or better yet, just follow at MathBomb on Twitter, and you can get all this information yourself and kind of see, because what I'm going to do for this year's draft is I'm actually going to have a board, a big board of my own. I'm not going to release it. Like I said, I'm not a professional, right? I don't feel confident enough in going, okay, these are my top prospects. But if we do decide to do a draft show, whether it's with Packernet Podcast Live or if I do one live here on the YouTube channel as well, I'm going to have a list put together, and RAS is going to be a big, big factor in that as well. I might do two separate lists. I may do a compilation of, of what other uh, sites have players ranked, and then I'm going to take a separate list and have the RAS scores. And what will happen is you can kind of see what, you know, in the top tier, which players fall into the top tier on both of those categories that might be a good sign for a great prospect. So just a cool, fun way to, to kind of follow along. So now we're going to get into that RAS leaderboard here for the 2022 uh, NFL Scouting Combine. All right, so we have three players that scored a perfect 10 RAS. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. They're all three defenders. Um, at the top of the list, you've got Boye Mafe, linebacker out of Minnesota with a 10. You've got Tariq Woolen, cornerback out of UTSA with a perfect 10. And you've got defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia with a perfect 10. And, and Jordan Davis really turned heads with that 40, that 40 time. And the biggest thing is him being at that frame. I mean, his frame is, I think he's sitting at 341 pounds, running 4740. Guy's just an absolute monster. But those are the guys at the top of the list as far as RAS. On the next tier of players grading in at a 9.99 RAS, you've got, you know, surprisingly four more defenders. You've got linebacker Brandon Smith out of Penn State. You've got cornerback Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. You've got Leo Chanel, linebacker out of Wisconsin. I know a lot of Wisconsinites going nuts right now. And you've got defensive end Trayvon Walker out of Georgia at a 9.99. Man, Georgia turning out the defensive studs this draft. Now, rounding out the top 10 of RAS scores, you've got the very first offensive player in Isaiah Weston, wide receiver out of Northern Iowa with a 9.98. You've got Christian Watson, another wide receiver out of North Dakota State with a 9.98. And you've got linebacker Troy Anderson out of Montana State at a 9.98. Guys, the thing that's standing out to me, and again, this isn't the tell-all, end-all. This is just simply showing what players um, have performed at an elite level as far as the combine goes. Now, we know that it seems like every year the numbers get stretched a little bit more. It's like these athletes figure out a way to perform even better um, in, a, in a situation where they've got all eyes watching them, prodding them like, you know, like livestock almost. And the fact that these guys come out and put up these kind of numbers, it's showing, I believe Ryan said on the on the podcast yesterday that this is looking like the second most um, elite draft class as far as combine numbers. And that's what's so great about RAS is how you can go back in time and kind of compare these players to past players and compare draft classes to, to past draft classes. I think it's really, really important. And then you start getting these comp looks, right? You've got – players that come out or people that come out and go, okay, this player actually compares um, 
mostly to this current NFL athlete. You know, I believe it was Math Bomb earlier put a tweet out, and it was really, really cool to see how he drew a comparison between Walker, the defensive end, um, who scored a 9.99. Well, guess who else scored that same 9.99 as far as RAS? It was Miles Garrett. I mean, that's that's pretty good company to be in. I believe Ezekiel Anza uh, as well, if I remember correctly. But I know Miles Garrett was the one that was like, wow, really? So now you go to the tape. You see if they actually produced in college. What's the production grade? A good person to get that information from, in my opinion, is Daniel Jeremiah. He does a, a lot as far as production is concerned and, and drawing comparisons like that. So, um, again, with the RAS, it doesn't mean these guys are slam dunk picks. It doesn't even mean they're going to get drafted in the first round. I mean, it's going to be hard to pass up on some of these athletes because there are some elite athletes coming into this draft. But it's just a great starting point and kind of takes you into the mindset of, uh, of front office GMs. You know, these are the type of things that they're looking at. They're looking at past numbers and going, okay, how did they stack up against this player? Okay, you know, the, the, the thing that gets amplified the most, I believe, in these scenarios is, uh, is the 40-yard dash. You know, people see the 40-yard dashes, it's just, it's the golden ticket, right? If someone has a, a great 40, then that means they're going to be a great football player. They're going to have great speed. They're a great athlete. you got to really take into consideration everything across the board as far as agility, as far as acceleration, as far as jumping. But there's a lot of things that come in other than just 40-yard dash. That seems to be the one that gets the most, you know, line, you know stays in the limelight. But uh, I think with these RAS, you're going to get a, a good, well-rounded look. At, at these prospects, you know, you've got Hamilton, the safety coming out of Notre Dame. I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and uh, I thought Math Bomb uh, really described it very well earlier on Twitter when he was talking about Hamilton because Hamilton actually had kind of a bad combine, and he scored, I believe, just a little over the nine-point mark as far as RAS. You know, that's still really, really good. Like, that's great. Um, it's just you've got some of these other athletes that are still in the spotlight. And I wanted to highlight the top ten because these guys, this is off the charts. I mean, the fact that we've got three tens in this draft is really, really cool. But it doesn't mean Hamilton's going to be a bad player. If I look at his RAS and then I couple that with what he put on tape the last two or three years, I'm looking at Hamilton as an elite prospect. A lot of people seen the RAS and they said, oh, so you're saying he's going to be a bust and Math Bomb is kind of catching some heat on Twitter. And he's going, no, it, absolutely it doesn't mean that. You don't you don't understand how to read the metric. It doesn't mean they're going to be a bust because there was, I don't care if there was 50 other players that scored higher than them on RAS. The RAS is giving you an idea of are they checking out? Is that what you is that what you're expecting out of that prospect? Is that something? It's a it's a it's just a nice gauge to go. Okay, yeah, he's an elite company, and he is being over nine like that. And you couple that with, like I said, the uh, the the footage, the game tape. Man, he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be a special player. Now, could he have performed better at the combine? Absolutely. Is is it something that it throws a red flag where you say, well, he couldn't perform under pressure at the combine, and and he kind of choked? Is that is that a sign of things to come? I don't know. I think that's very unfair, personally. But I can understand how somebody would look at that and say, you know what, he was under pressure and, and he didn't perform as, as well as we know he's capable of. Um, who knows? We'll see when it comes to draft night if Hamilton drops or not. But, again, I want to thank Math Bomb for doing the legwork. Guys, go check his website out. It is absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to using it as we prep for this draft coming up. And I'm going to put a big board together, and I'm really excited about um, kind of kind of using that information to go hand-in-hand hand with some of the other experts and, and do kind of a compilation and come up with an overall grade. I, this is going to be the most comprehensive draft board I've ever done. And uh, as a fan and not an expert, 
Um, I'm really, really excited to see how it falls into place. But again, coming away from the combine, after looking at the RAS, you'll notice I didn't tweet much. I'm not the guy that, that tweets out, wow, did you see that 40-yard dash? I mean, when Jordan Davis ran that 40-yard dash, and then you can see his agility as well and, and how stable he was, well, you know, well-grounded, good center of gravity, all that stuff, um, along with his weight of 341 in his bench press. Um, I was, yeah, I was wowed. But you won't see me talking about, this is the guy. I wanted to get all the information out, build a chart, okay, here's where the RAS sits. Now let's get into what teams are interested in what. You're going to keep a close, close eye on what teams interviewed what prospects. I think it's pretty cool that the Packers, you know, interviewed a few people. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But uh, it's just, uh, like I said, just another another metric to use, another uh, source of information. So, um, we can kind of dive into this draft and really be prepared going in and kind of not be blindsided by some of the information. But I say all that to say this, to put a, put a little bow on this segment. Um, the thing that stands out to me as far as the RAS grades is the top of the draft as far as athletes is really, really leaning toward defense. I mean, you've got, like I said, what was it, eight of the top ten were defensive players. The only two that cracked the top ten of RAS as far as offensive players we're wide receivers, Weston and Watson. But it's going to be fun to see how everything really unfolds when it comes to the NFL draft this year. Now, this is a little segment we're going to have from time to time that we like to call. What the hell's going on out here? And this week is a no-brainer, guys. The uh, What the Hell's Going On Out Here award this week definitely goes to Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Um, it was broken on Ari Mirov. Um, at my sports update, I be- believe he's kind of the insider for PFF. Uh, pretty good follow there as well. You can find him, like I said, at my sports update. And he reported uh, it was breaking news that Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least one year for betting on NFL games. Imagine you've got the whole world by the tail, right? You've got all this income. You're getting paid to play a, a child sport, right? You get to. You know, there's just so many people that would love to have the opportunity to not just play in the NFL, but obviously the lifestyle that comes along with it. You pretty much have enough money to do whatever you want to do. He's a number one receiver. Think of how the Falcons cut loose Julio Jones. You know, they traded him to Tennessee, and they're thinking Calvin Ridley's the answer for the future. And now he's suspended for a year for gambling. Now, Packer fans have got to be a little bit cautious and going, oh, what was he thinking? Can't believe this would happen. And you also remember Paul Hornig, right? I know it was a long time ago, but still, I mean, uh, this has happened before when it comes to the NFL. Um, I think the tweet of the day for me was, uh, it was Twitter handle at Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R. He said in his tweet, Calvin Ridley bet $1,500 and lost $10 million. Those are the worst odds in gambling history. And it's so true. I mean, you're talking about making tens of millions of dollars playing in the league and you're willing to just throw it away by getting caught gambling. Now, I believe it's come out now that the news is saying, the updates, the details are saying he did bet on Falcons games. Um, now, I haven't heard whether he bet against the Falcons or for them. Um, nonetheless, I think when you get into a scenario where a player is placing wages wagers on you know bets on on a game where he's performing in it's just the only negative things can happen right i mean we've seen it over and over and over throughout the course of time when it comes to uh pro sports especially with uh with players you know gambling and and it just really really tears away at the integrity but what an absolute dumpster fire in atlanta 
I mean, you're talking about a team that just a few years ago, a few short years ago, they were playing in the Super Bowl. They had that major collapse. You had a franchise quarterback in Matt Ryan. You had Julio Jones, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. You had, you know, a great young offensive staff. Ever since Shanahan left to go to go to San Francisco, it just seems like that thing is spiraled out of control. And I know it's new new staff, new regime, but my oh my, man, how how it's just it's really it's hit rock bottom in Atlanta. So yeah, that's the best one right there. That was the best one right there. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. I do want to wrap it up with one last bit of information. Aaron Rodgers actually just tweeted out. I love this. He said, "Hey everyone, just wanted to clear some things up." Yes, in all caps. Yes, I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the supposed terms of the contract I quote-unquote signed. I'm very excited to be back. The little muscle emoji and hashtag year 18 with a heart. So the bad man is back. Devontae Adams is back. We're going to run this thing back for another year or two. Uh, Let's see if we can get over the hump getting to the Super Bowl while at the same time. Uh, I think, like I said in past episodes, guys, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised when it comes time for free agency to hit. I think we're going to look up and go, holy cow, we've actually got a little bit of money to spend. Not a whole lot, but enough to kind of bolster that roster a little bit more. And uh, let's see what we can do. And Goody, we trust, right? So thanks for tuning into the show, guys. Y'all have a, a blessed evening. And as always, Go Pack Go. Third down, it is to go. 